I don't know. I've seen YouTube videos of garage garages exploding with you know four bays inside and fires and other things. Interesting. So I, I I don't know about that. So public service announcement: if you have a four by e until you get this problem fixed, you may not want to park it in the garage. This Jeep Talk Show flagship episode is brought to you by you, the listener. Without you, we have no reason to do the show. Duh. Uh, <laughs> do you have a product to sell? Can you advertise it? Uh, or you can advertise it. You got to rewrite that thing. I misread it every damn time. You can't advertise it on your business. See, I, I can't write. You can advertise it uh, or your business oh okay uh on the cheap talk show easy for me to understand our rates aren't affordable they're just downright cheap reach out to us and get pricing and availability by going to jeeptalkshow.com contact right now to find out how to reach out to us your advertising could be on our show as soon as next week Hi, I'm Tony, and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show, where I put the fun, actually, we put the fun, because it's uh, more than just me by myself, uh, in off-road fun. This is the only show where you can hear Jeep owners talk about things like mud rocks and giant tires and not get weird looks. So strap in, grab your favorite beverage, and get ready to laugh, learn, and have a damn good time. We guarantee that after listening to us, you'll have the sudden urge to go buy a Jeep and hit the trails. Don't say we didn't warn you. Bill, is this why you bought a second Jeep? Is it Was it listening to the jeep talk show that it just wound i I gotta have more than one jeep yeah i mean that's part of the problem that and hanging (laughs) out with all you knuckleheads (laughs) all right on tonight's episode uh in our news stories uh va jeep is the end is it the end so uh, i don't know is it is it we'll find out and actually maybe we we won't find out uh so anyway uh in the uh, gladiator update uh we're going to be talking about homemade headliners so if you've got a jeep and you've uh, either looked at the mopar ones or maybe some of the third-party aftermarket uh, ones and thought to myself i could do that well we're going to talk about that uh and our uh, must-have stuff for your jeep hood lift it lifts just like a hood on your car uh but is it still jeepy when you add stuff like this are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. Hi, I'm Bill, and I've got a Jeep problem. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Bill. So uh, the V8 Jeep, is this the end of an era? What have you heard? Do, is, is this the last, is 2024 the last year for the, uh, the the Jeep V8? I don't know. I couldn't find a definitive answer. I don't know if Jeep knows. Well, if you've been looking on the uh, JL Wrangler forums, and I think there was a screenshot posted of a, a, de- a dealer competition, and the, the prize for, for sales was winning a, uh, what is it called, a allocation for a final edition uh, Jeep Wrangler 392. So it yeah. looks like uh, that that may be. So. so the dealers are thinking it's the the last year of it. I think that's just so sad. I mean, they're very expensive, uh, but they, they're so expensive. Uh, would you ever consider getting a 392 Wrangler, Bill? Uh, well, I I do have a 392 Wrangler. You do? So I do. Yeah. So uh, it's almost like yeah, we, I mean, it's almost like I knew that you did. Yeah. Uh, well, the writing's kind of been on the wall, right? With the development of the the Hurricane engines, right? They got the two versions. But it's it doesn't. I mean, you you have floor. a Hurricane engine in a, a, a Wagoneer, and I'm and I, I from my understand my understanding, you love it, but it's not yeah. the same thing. As that throaty V8 sounding power producing, I mean, even if you get the power out of the Hurricane, the same power out of the Hurricane, is this still the cool factor is not there. Absolutely correct. Yeah. So <laughs> love the Hurricane. It's great when I'm driving my wife's, you know, Wagoneer, right? Going down the road. It's nice, quiet, comfortable ride. But yeah, when you're in your, your Jeep, you know, it's it's the that power with that sound. It's just it's just not it's just not the same. So, are you scaring women and children uh, whenever you're driving your 392 around? Do you think that might possibly be the issue? Is that it's just just too damn manly? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think I'm just <laughs> so focused on in awe with just the sound and, and the power, and it's just so much damn fun. You know, I'm really haven't been paying attention. <laughs> Probably should. Although when I'm in the neighborhood, I do uh, you know put the exhaust silence on there to kind of quiet it down to oh tell me about that i didn't know there was an exhaust silencer thing yeah so basically if you have a regular jeep they have the ess button you know that kind of turns the engine off on and off and i know a lot of people that's super annoying you turn it off but if you get a 392 they've replaced that button with the 
exhaust uh, bypass on there. And so it's basically, it's nice and tame when you, you know, in the normal mode, but then you can hit that button and it'll, it'll bypass the, the, the exhaust and it gives you that nice V8 is this, rumble. Is this sound. like the header cutouts that you could put on uh, the high powered uh, 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 street rods where it would actually literally open up the headers? Complete and by, completely bypass exhaust. It's not that. I can imagine the factory. It's not doing that. that. It's it's in the muffler. There's actually a little air diaphragm hose there that opens up. So oh, that's you know, so I think cool. That bypasses the you know a good part of the the muffler system. So you got that. You get that nice V8 rumble. So it's just so cool. And the cool thing is, is when you start the Jeep up, it's it's default position is open. So when you start it, you get that nice like rumble of the engine coming alive and then it silences itself like a second or two later but it's just every time i, I start that thing it just puts a smile on my face so there, it's just, it's awesome. there needs to be a completely different set of engineers working on uh the vehicles i mean the engineering for someone like this is just so cool i did not I had no idea this was a part of the 392 thing uh oh, it, yeah. it would be so cool to actually let the let some of the jeep engineers go wild on stuff i mean you see that on the concept vehicles but on production vehicles that would be i think really neat well i think that's what happened in this case right you had the the, the bronco you know bronco announcement and launch and it was like a day or two later jeep's like oh yeah we got this. And so ever since that day, you know, I put a, a plan in place. I'm like, I'm going to have me, I'm going to have me one of those. So, well, it, it, you know, it, I ended up having to sell a bunch of vehicles and side by sides and, you know, but I was like, I'm going to make it happen. Cause how long are they, you know, how exactly. long are they going to do this, right? I mean, look how long we waited for a V8 to return to Jeeps, right? I mean, it's like eighties or something, right? If I, I recall. So, you know, everybody's been asking for it, asking for it. So when they announced it, I, you know, the the plans were in place to figure out how I, I would get myself one of those. And so in 2022, I was finally able to to make that happen. But uh, yeah, I think the the writing's been on the wall. If you look at you know the hurricane development that's going out there, even the Wagoneers when they launched the Wagoneers, they they came with the the five sevens and the Wagoneer, the six fours and the Grand Wagoneers, and then the second year of the Wagoneer, only the base versions you know the base models of the wagoneer and the grand wagoneer had v8s and then the upper trim series models had the uh had the hurricane engine right and then if you look at 2024 there's no v8 option at all for the wagoneer or the grand wagoneer and then you look at the, the dodges the challengers where they had kind of their their last call additions for those in 2023 so the writing's been on the wall like those those engines are going away and and they're going to be replaced with you know something smaller so it's it's sad to see it but i'm glad I, I you know i got my hands on one and i don't have any plans to you know ever sell that thing so i've noticed uh well i, I dig around on youtube a lot and I, i've noticed a couple people talking about uh, them getting rid of their 392 wrangler and uh, because of the story we're doing here today i'm thinking to myself I mean, you know, money's money. You, 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 you know, you have to have money to do things, and if you can't afford to to sit on a three ninety two or for the gasoline or whatever, you have to do what you do, go to do. But my God, could you imagine uh, selling something that there was only a, they only made a few years of it, and then in forty or fifty years you look back and see what those vehicles are worth now. And it, and it's not always just financial worth. It's also to credibility uh, type the stuff. The the thing that people are just amazed at. I mean, it, I think everybody said, and people have told me, "Oh, I used to have an XJ. I loved that vehicle." So, and this isn't this isn't an XJ. This is a three ninety two Wrangler. Or a, a going back to V eights in Jeeps. So right. this is going to be a big deal in in twenty or thirty years, especially with the electrification of everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you'll be looking back. I mean, similar to, you know, like the late 60s, early 70s, and you had the heyday of the muscle cars, and then everything just kind of went to crap for, you know, decades, (laughs) right? The 70s. The 70s were crap. Absolutely. All that smog crap, and it was like, if you could keep the damn vehicle running, you were uh, were doing a great job. (laughs) I think the difference here, though, is with the electric stuff. I mean, the speed and the performance of the electric stuff is just going to be, they're going to look back at a 392, and it's going to be a slow dinosaur in comparison to you know, what's, what's out there in the electric world, but it'll just, you're not going to have that sound. I mean, have you seen some of those videos where they're putting speakers like exhaust speakers in some of these vehicles to sound like a V8 engine? Like 
in any of these electric vehicles. It's just but but it only not, sounds like that to you because it's only yeah, inside. Yeah, it's not outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like such a poser thing. It's oh, just, much God. very much so. And it would be worse if they had actually had big speakers for the outside. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ignore the neighbor. Just be that be that ass in your electric. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I was thinking uh, you're in a good situation because you have a both a 392 and you have a vehicle with a hurricane engine. And yep. uh, this is a great opportunity for you to speak to how, what, how, what's the difference between those two. Because if I, under, if I remember right, you're very impressed with a hurricane engine. I am. Yeah. I mean, that inline six, it's so smooth and, you know, it could be the air suspension and everything else, but um, I did have a 5.7 Ram 1500 at 2021 that I, I traded in uh, to, to buy the 392, um, and I towed with it. And so I've had a chance to basically tow Jeeps with the kind of the same trailer, about the same payload with that Ram, you know, 1500 and the uh, the Wagoneer. We did a trip out to Arizona, and uh, it was a little, it was noticeably different on the hills and some of the other areas where. That five seven would maybe struggle a little bit, struggle a little bit, but with all that extra, I think with the extra torque that's in that uh, inline six, I mean, I had no, I know had no problems. I, I think I had John and John following me, and there was a couple times they were getting agitated at trying to keep up on some of the hills and some of the other <laughs> areas because I was towing that thing and I was just going. You know, it's like I had the crew set and it just it didn't skip a beat. So. It's great, yeah. But again, it doesn't have that V8 sound, right? I mean, right. Donnelly's got that uh, Grand Wagoneer with the 392 in it, and it sounds good when you start it up. It's like, yeah, I, yeah, awesome. But so, as far as it being practical, you don't really need the sound, uh, but you right. you can use the horsepower. Is this is? Do you think the horsepower and the torque uh, are uh, big bonuses uh, for off road use? Because you've definitely take this uh, take the 392 off road. You know, off road, it's really, it's really no different unless you're one of those send it guys. You know, then you probably <laughs> see a difference. I'm not one of those send it guys. You know, I, I like to you know take my time and you know kind of gracefully work through the obstacles. So, from an off roading standpoint, the only benefit I see is annoying your your buddies with the oh, you know yeah. up in the exhaust and them having to listen to you know this Jeep rumbling in front of them and you know. Well, looking at their, their balance sheet or their Hemi fund, you know, like uh, just being yeah. obnoxious and dropping uh, the, the, yeah. the 392. Oh, in my 392, I was able to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's yeah. always fun to do. Uh, yeah. Oh, and you and I got to say, you. Uh, oh, here we go. You got the proper ca- color because it's a red uh 392 absolutely so. <laughs> yeah that'll be red yeah um so you also have a, a 2024 two-door uh jlu uh and uh it has the the v6 in it now you have you had that one off-road yet i have yeah yeah and you saw uh, n- uh, virtually no difference other than you know the noise and getting there and back uh accelerating uh the the 3.6 is a nice engine it does it does very well on the highway and off-road uh but uh it, it, you didn't miss anything not having the 392 off-road is my question the sound yeah <laughs> and the paddle shifters that's the other thing the 392 has paddle shifters so if you want to just control the gears on there it's pretty nice. I know you can flip the, the the shifter over and and control the gears that way, but I found those those paddle shifters as far as just keeping, especially going down hills and stuff where you're, you know, sometimes that automatic can it, it'll stay in a gear too long, you yes. know, like engine braking, and so having that control over the gears, the paddle shifters, that's that's a good you know huge benefit. Mm-hmm. More control is uh, is is yeah. more better uh, if you it, if you know what you're doing. Um, so, uh, just, uh, just real quick, the, the 2024 Jeep Wrangler 392, uh, will be the final year for the 392 Wrangler. Uh, the 2024 392 will have a limited run in 2024 JL Wrangos. The, uh, 2024 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon 392 has a base price, base price of $89,390. This is why Bill is now renting out a room in his house. So you can uh, he get the money together for this. I'm I'm kidding. Well, I didn't pay that price. So my mine was cheaper that than that when I bought it. So right. the prices steadily over the years have definitely crept up. Well, Brandon's helped those prices. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> it gets uh, 13, 16, and 14 uh, miles per gallon, and has an EPA range of 294 miles. My XJ has a range of 230 
if I'm lucky. And I have an 18-gallon uh, tank in the XJ. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things I've been surprised about is um, so I've, you know, I've lifted it. And I put 456 gears on. I have 37-inch uh, tires on it. I've got a full belly skid. I've added a bunch of weight to it. I'm probably at about 5,800 pounds. And I still get 16, you know, 15, 16 on the, the highway in that thing. Like it, I'm used to with the three, six, every time you, you know, you, you change the color of the plastic or you do any little modification and it drops an MPG or something like that. And this thing, you know, I've thrown all this stuff at it and it's still right in, it's still getting those, those numbers pretty easily. So I'm, I'm pretty impressed. Well, that, I think that's always been the argument about, uh, well, it is, I guess it really started with the Wrangler and the four-cylinder versus the, the six-cylinder, the, the straight six versus the, the straight four. Uh, the, the, the straight four sounded good if from the standpoint of, oh, it's a four-cylinder. It's got to be, you have better uh, mile per gallon out of it, but it didn't have a lot of power. So now you got to wind that thing up to get it up right. to highway speeds. So, right. uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of, I mean, I don't know about you, Bill. Uh, well, actually I do. Uh, it's, it's really hard for me to do pedal control when I have power because it's just so yeah. much fun. Uh, yeah. and, uh, so, but if you, if you can control the pedal, how much you press it down and how slowly you get up to speed, uh, I think that the, the high horsepower is, uh, is, is more of an efficiency thing. Uh, and it certainly has the power to get things moving. And then once you right. get it moving, it doesn't require as much effort, uh, for the engine to, uh, once the, uh, the mass is moving, you just got to bump it a little bit, uh, to keep it moving that speed. So, uh, I really think that's true. I, it's just my, my opinion. I have no facts behind it. Yeah, no, I, I've noticed that even on the the new two door Jeep on there, I can, you know, if I'm just keeping an eye, you know, just paying attention, I can get twenty twenty one. But if I'm, if I'm just driving like an asshole, then you know, I'm getting like seventeen eighteen. <laughs> Enj- so. Enjoying your freaking life, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I still remember that time I, he got all pissed off when we were going to uh, to EJS because uh, your your three ninety two is like uh, limited to ninety nine miles uh, per hour. And, yeah. and I was so shocked because I, had, I hadn't driven that fast in the Gladiator before. Uh, I was trying to get around uh, some cars that you had passed, and uh, I just put it to the floor and kept going. Speed doesn't bother me at the least, at least not. I haven't gone fast enough for it to bother me. And I, yeah. and I glanced down there, and I'm doing like 106 or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and of course i had to tell you about it say bill i was just doing 106 oh you asshole <laughs> yeah i'm up there bouncing off the yeah the <laughs> speed limiter <laughs> what the f- <laughs> and it's yeah. a shame that the uh the taser mini uh doesn't al- allow you to uh to change that yeah maybe, maybe you that, wouldn't be here if, like if you flash, could yeah <laughs> yeah all right, so uh, and uh, I was thinking I had actually thought that the the Bronco, the Ford Bronco Raptor, uh, had a V eight in it, and uh, you and John have told me otherwise. It, it it doesn't. I can't believe that they're not competing with the the V eight and the and the Jeep Wrangler. I mean, I didn't know because I don't really care anything about the Bronco other than it yeah. it pushed us to get a V eight and a Wrangler. <laughs> yeah, Ford's been on the uh, V6 twin turbo, you know, wagon for a while. So, yeah, I was surprised if you're selling, you know, kind of a a competitor to the the 392, you would think it would have, uh, you know, a, a V8 in it. But you know, and it's that, not like Ford that, doesn't that, know that how to make V8 twin turbo though. I mean, it's no slouch, but yeah, it's not it's not the same. Well, it's like the EV thing you comment you made. I mean, you can get uh, you can go really fast and get there very quickly in an EV, but it's just not the same. And I'm sure the sound from that uh, V6 isn't the same as a V8. Nothing ever will be. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so my comparison, like you know, because I I had a, originally a V6 uh, four door red, you know, JLU Rubicon, and uh, you know, off road it was in its element, it was perfect. On the road it was totally fine, but it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was exciting, right? It wasn't as right. fun. Where in the three ninety two, it's like it's so much fun off road and on road. It's just it's in its element in both, and that's to me that's the difference. It's not it's not a compromise. So, uh, are there any other off-road vehicles that still have V8s uh, in them that are available today? I mean, it's Wrangler, not Ford, not the Ford Bronco. Uh, anybody else? Yeah. So, I just did a quick, you know, Google search, and you know, certainly, you know, Mercedes has the G wagon, right? Which I don't really see as kind of playing in the same space as the Wrangler. And then Land Rover, they have a couple. They have the Defender, and it looks like the the Range Rover on there, but. 
other than that, most of the other vehicles are, are going to be your, your SUVs that are out there. So like Porsche and, you know, Chevy and, and, uh, uh, a few others. Mm-hmm. So, uh, w- would you be, uh, if somebody was to give you a, a Greta, how dare you sticker, would you put that on your, uh, your gas cap? Uh, so that every time you were filling up it, uh, it would be displayed. You know, I, I actually saw that meme or whatever, and absolutely, yeah, put it in the gas store because it would just make me laugh, you know, every time. Yeah. We're having fun, Greta. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, and Bill, you have a a Jeep with a a three point six. You have a Jeep with a three ninety two. Uh, is it possible that you'll be getting a four by e anytime soon? So you can just have one of. Oh, and you got the grand. Uh, that's not not the grand. You got the Wagoneer with a straight six. You need something with a with a battery pack in it, a big battery pack in it. It's a Jeep Talk Show breaking news report. We've got Detroit Winterfest coming up January 20th. An excellent opportunity in the heart of winter to get out, meet all of your Jeep friends. Jeep is supporting this event in a very meaningful way. And all the Jeep team will be out there, including all the folks that you've come to know from around Jeep and some new people uh, that are just joining the team. And we're really excited to, uh, to have everybody back out at Holly Oaks ORV Park and get out there and do some off-roading in the dead of winter in Michigan. We're going to have campfires, and our great friends at Dana are going to uh, provide some pizzas and other things. Uh, this could be as big as Detroit Four Fest. I don't know. I don't want to exaggerate, but, but man, it's, uh, it's a really great time to get out. So come join us. It'll be great fun, and we're going to have Detroit Winterfest and Nightfest and uh, obviously our great friends great supporters friends of your show uh tyree lights is uh is powering night fest and uh and lighting up the night go to four the number four fest f-e-s-t like festival events.com uh get signed up for Winterfest. but we're also going to have for those that are new to this space some off-road 101 lessons like we do at all of our events at Detroit Four Fest this year, we did 278 Off-Road 101 lessons. That's what I call a warm welcome to people <laughs> that are beginners because we want new people involved in this sport. And this is a great opportunity to get out there and, and do a fun family activity and learn how to be a better off-roader. We'll look forward to, uh, to seeing everybody in January. Happy, happy holiday season. Happy New Year. And, uh, and off we go. Detroit Winterfest, January 20th. Yeah, no, probably not. I, I've downsized the two vehicles. I was up to like four at one time. My wife's not too happy about when I got vehicles <laughs> in the driveway, in the garage, on the street. So I've kind of I think what we've agreed to is before we start adding more vehicles, we probably need to find another house with a nice big garage and, you know, maybe throw a lift in there or some other. Oh, wow. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes. Um, So uh, this might be a good reason not to get a 4xE. As we've reported in the past, the 4xE is is, they're doing a recall on them, some uh, 32,000 vehicles. Uh, because they have a pesky, uh, uh, well, I, I don't want to say that, that there's a pesky problem. There is a concern about a pesky problem of them catching on fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like any consumer device or batteries, you know, something gets out of control and next thing you know, your your house is burning down. So. Next, next thing you know, that's you're seeing grandma <laughs> that died five years ago. Grandma! so Stellantis issued a recall uh, for risk of battery pack fire for the 2021 to 2023 uh, Jeep Wrangler Unlimited uh, 4xE uh, plug-in hybrid and it says P-H-E-V which I'd like to pronounce Pew (laughs) it's not but Pew it's just it's like the EU EU so uh, however they are now learning uh, more details about those 32,100 125 vehicles uh, in the United States, an estimated uh, 3,856 in Canada. I'm, you know, I bet you those are government vehicles for Canada. Uh, and uh, 9,249 outside North America. You know, that's, I, I did not realize the breakdown on that. 
certainly the U.S. Uh, vehicles, are, there are a lot more of those in the U.S. Uh, I didn't realize there was so few outside of North America. Uh, it, I would think that the, the French and the British and all those folks over there that uh, have tiny streets and uh, paying you know $5,000 uh, for a liter of uh, gasoline uh, would be buying a lot of these things. But I guess they may have to actually buy something that's a little more uh, frugal on the, uh, the, the gas uh, than what these uh, than what the 4xe is. Well, I mean, you look at like, you know, fuel prices over there and then just some of the, the size of streets. I mean, I've lived in Europe and Japan and, you know, it's just a Wrangler would be a, a big vehicle yeah. over there. I had an RX-7 that, you know, sometimes would be a little tight in some spots when I Good lived in God. Japan or whatever. So, <laughs> you know, between it being a big vehicle and, and fuel prices. Yeah. I mean, I think Larry mentioned he was over in France and he didn't see a whole lot of Jeeps around. It's a bunch of little tiny little, you know, eco box type vehicles, right? I, I know I'm not uh, thinking correctly on this, and I'm saying this on purpose, but it's got to be hard to be a man uh, in these countries. <laughs> men are men, and the men are the same way all over the world. And it's got to be a little difficult that you 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 know you're open up one of the, the the door on your French made vehicle is actually the steering wheel is attached to it, and you have to climb into it from the front. <laughs> It's, yeah, well, I mean, it's almost like you got to sit down to pee uh, every time. <laughs> Aren't they on like the phone a friend plan when, when things go south or something? Oh, so. gee, uh, it's the <laughs> it's the only it's the only vehicles that they have to make damn sure they check it ten times that uh, reverse works. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a bad French joke. <laughs> so uh, it's really sad because uh, the four by e has been a very popular vehicle, not necessarily with me, but it's been a very popular vehicle here in the in the states. And I think that is largely due. Well, certainly the the pressure that uh, the advertising uh, is, that the federal government is doing about electric vehicles, but also too uh, about the seventy five hundred dollars uh, that you get in tax credits. Because I don't, I, I don't like saying you get seventy five hundred dollars. Because it, it, my it's understanding is, it's a tax yeah. credit, and if you right. don't have seventy five hundred dollars worth of tax to pay, you ain't getting no credit. Uh, right? Yeah. So it's funny money. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So and I, I've never, I've never gotten it clear. We need an accountant. You know, there's got to be a Jeep owner out there that listens to the show that's an accountant and a tax accountant and can explain to us how that works. Yeah. I mean. Taxes are, are you, you, usually you have a lot of taxes, so I, I would assume that a lot of people get to use it. Yeah, you should. Uh, we should ping Matt on there. He's got the four by eight. See how he handled that. I'm sure he he used that tax credit. See how that helped out. Yeah. Uh, well, we don't want to alert IRS to, to Matt though, just in case oh, uh, it was I, uh, I, I, Jack. Yeah. Jack. <laughs> So uh, the, uh, the 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 bottom line here seems to be that um, well actually as of November 9th, twenty twenty three, FCA US is aware of zero customer assistant records. In other words, nobody bitched about it. Uh, zero warranty claims and uh, eight field reports potentially relating to the issue uh, for all markets. Uh, with receipt dates ranging from April 6, 2023 to November 2, 2023. So, in other words, it, it's a problem without it being a problem yet, anyway. I don't know. I've seen YouTube videos of garage, garages exploding with, you know, four bays inside and fires and other things. Interesting. So I, I, I don't know about that. So, public service announcement, if you have a four by e until you get this problem fixed, you may not want to park it in the garage put it outside with that bitey dog that you've got tied up to the uh, a chain on a tree uh <laughs> just don't put them close together i mean i i, I love dogs and i don't want to see a dog on fire <laughs> yeah hot dog <laughs> so owners are advised and this is exactly what you were just saying bill owners are advised not to recharge uh, their vehicles uh and not to recharge the vehicles i mean in california this is a given yeah. <laughs> and to yeah. park outside and away from structures until they are repaired dealers will yeah. update the high voltage battery pack software and replace a uh, battery pack assembly if necessary and 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 i was reading a few things online and basically i think what it means is a software update and battery pack replacement if a certain error code is observed by the tech so i don't know if they're going to be able to go in there and look and see if this error code ever came up 
I'm thinking it probably didn't if it if it's not a burned out Hulk. <laughs> so how long is it going to take them to find the problem to determine if they need to replace something? That's that's kind of my question. If you got to see an error code, are you driving it around? Are you charging it? Are you uh, I don't know uh, putting it in a sauna? I I don't know what you got to do to try to speed up the process and if it's going to happen. That 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 scares me because that potentially could get a the stamp of approval. Uh, and, and, and from the liability standpoint, I could see them hanging on to it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in my head, I'm sitting there, you know, as a manufacturer, right. You got your margins, you know, you're making off of each vehicle, but if you're having to deal with issues like this, replacing battery packs, like how much, how much does it cost to swap oh, out a, a battery God. pack? I mean, those things are crazy expensive and dangerous. Uh, yeah. it's, it's not like, uh, I mean, everybody, everybody saw the Hinderberg and everybody hates hydrogen. Uh, and they don't even think about bad an eye at gasoline exploding. I mean, everybody knows it can happen and it's, it's a really bad fire. You get the right vapor, uh, mix with the, uh, the air and it's uh, very volatile. Uh, it's not, yeah. that, it's not that way with the battery. The battery will kill you if you hit the wrong, the wrong pieces of it. This isn't a nine volt battery folks that you can stick to your tongue and see if it's good or not. <laughs> don't do yeah. that. I mean, it, these are growing pains, right? I mean, like anything, I mean, even gasoline engine. I mean, do you remember the, you know, the, the Ford Pinto, right? You know? oh, yeah. So I, it's well, been a long time since we've had, you know, vehicle explosions from gas and whatnot, but they've also had decades to get it dialed in and we're fine. So they'll, they'll get there. It's just, you know, do you want to be one of the early adopters of, you know, self-driving cars and having it drive into a wall? Or I don't know if you've seen some of those videos of, you know, some of the, the early tech stuff where vehicles do just some crazy things and they're causing accidents. It's it's all growing pain. So do you want to be a, you know, an alpha beta tester or do you want to wait till the technology gets where it needs to be? Right. I, I don't know if you, you mentioned the Pinto. Uh, do you remember the old joke about the blonde uh, that used the uh, uh, tampon okay. and drove a Pinto? <laughs> I don't know where this is going. That's as much as I can remember of it. It was okay, good. Well, there was a whole thing about toxic shock syndrome way back when, about the same time that Ford Pintos were bursting into flames. I'll have to look uh-huh. that up. Actually, Nikki G, look up that uh, look up that joke. Use it on a future uh, Jeep talk show episode. <laughs> Bill, am I making you nervous? I'm sorry to be associated with the show. I'm starting to second guess, you know, (laughs) jumping on here. (laughs) Anyway, uh, don't charge your 4xe. Don't keep it inside. And uh, by all means, don't burst into flames when it goes out. Get out of the vehicle as soon as you smell smoke. (laughs) Gladiator. My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Are you not entertained? I'm usually entertained as I'm telling I'm telling myself jokes all the time in my head. <laughs> all right, so it's been a little while since I spoke about this, and I'm curious what you think. Uh, not about the duration, but but what's coming up? Just wait for it. Don't don't jump ahead. Uh, if you like the cloth covered panel that fits your freedom top, uh, do you like it because of the looks? Because it keeps your uh, keeps you warmer or cooler? I wonder if it, if it matters if you have hair on your head or not. Uh, or uh, just uh, like adding stuff to your Jeep that doesn't cost a thousand dollars. Do you know what I'm talking about, Bill? The, it's a, it's like a headliner. I don't know exactly what it call what it's called. I can just think of a uh, a third uh, aftermarket. Uh, yeah, yeah, an aftermarket thing. That's the only thing I can think of. That's great advertising, yeah. by the way. I mean, whenever you whenever you're trying to think of something and you describe it by somebody that makes the thing. Hotheads is one of the aftermarket companies that make these things, and you stick them to your freedom panels, and they also have one for the back. Uh, uh, the back of the the Gladiator or JL or JLU. Uh, and I think, I don't know for sure, but I think these are all hard top ad- additional things that you, you can buy and put on there. I don't think they make them for soft tops. Yeah, they're, uh, they're hard top stuff. And actually Mopar, it, it's it's an option. They have the, the factory ones. So when you buy the 392, there's really no options. They make you buy everything. Oh, really? Oh, you want a V8? Well, then you got to have all this other obnoxious stuff that you may not may or may not want on your jeeps so. yeah you you, yeah, obviously, I, you obviously have money because you're buying a 392 so we're going to throw all this other shit in there too <laughs> it does make it look you know there's a lot of white on the inside of that and so certainly you know replacing a lot of that white with black really i think it it does look better oh, i don't yeah. know if it's effective on there you know but i, yeah, I usually you ran, ran one of those spider web shades that just made the whole top like you couldn't see the all right. the, the white there but 
Now, have you done anything with yours uh, as far as I like the idea of sticking stuff to it, uh, like uh, the uh, the um, honor badges, I think, is a great place uh, to display those things. And as much as they cost, you don't want to you don't want to lose them on the trail. Yeah, no, I uh, I did a tailgate table on there. And so I stick all oh, my little right. badges yeah. on the table. So they're kind of inside. It's kind of a conversation starter. You know, you're, you got the tailgate open and you're, you're chatting with people. Then they see it, you know, versus putting it on the outside of the vehicle where it's exposed to the the elements. Right. Um, so uh, I like the look of them, and uh, the thing that got me is I, I went and priced them over at uh, Hotheads, and I'm like, oh my god! I mean, yeah, you know, people need to make a living, and they should charge whatever they want to charge for it. But I don't have to pay for it. It's like watching commercials. I don't have to watch commercials either if I don't want to. So uh, I, I looked at that and I thought, well, gee, this is just some uh, insulation foam covered with some cloth. And uh, I don't know how you stick it to the freedom panel, but I bet you I can figure that out. I mean, a, a couple of uh, four-inch sheet metal screws should take care of it. <laughs> yeah, you do that. No, I think most of them just use like two-sided Velcro. Even the factory ones are just Velcro. Yeah. Well, you, you live in Texas, so you know how damn hot it gets here. And anything that you glue to something that gets hot has a tendency to fall off. off. Yeah. So yeah. finding the the right stuff to put on there uh, is is very difficult to do. But yeah, I mean, the, I actually made one one panel, uh, and uh, I used some uh, some cloth that was kind of a neoprene type stuff um, yeah. that uh, that actually I think works out very well and it looks really good. Uh, I just took the freedom top off and uh, got some uh, brown paper and then uh, kind of uh, traced it around with a pencil. And then cut it with uh, some scissors and put it back in there and trimmed it up to get it to you know fit approximately uh, correctly. And uh, uh, put the uh, got the I got some stuff that was like a, an inch and a half thick or something. The foam that I got was really yeah. thick, and that was the wrong thing to do because um, it's uh, I mean from an insulation standpoint it makes sense, but from a fitment standpoint, weight standpoint, as far as keeping it up, I think all those things detracted. Uh, from uh, from the overall uh, look and design. So what I what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to I actually scoped it out at Lowe's. Uh, I'm going to get me a four by eight sheet. I mean, how many how many uh, headliners can you make with a four by eight sheet of uh, insulation? Oh yeah. <laughs> the, and I think it was like six bucks or maybe eight dollars yeah. or something. And it's probably up to ten or twelve now, which is still very very little compared to the price for these aftermarket ones. And I'm sure the the Mopars are even uh, probably as expensive uh, as the as the hotheads. So like five hundred bucks. So, but the nice thing oh, is, is they not only do the top, but like in the back of the hard top, they do the side windows and then the back window. And so there's like multiple, multiple pieces. So I, I have to ask, so when you did that, did it look like professional or was I it something was you would shocked. end up putting on the refrigerator or something like that? No, like I did. was shocked. And how dare you ask me? You know me, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> did it look like it was homemade or did it look like it, <laughs> it it could use some work but i mean for the first one i was i was shocked i mean when oh, you, sure yeah when the first you, one's never perfect yeah, yeah when you cover the cloth uh, around the thing that covers up a lot Cleans of stuff yeah. yeah yeah i mean because yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it kind of you know uh kind of uh has a, a little round rounding to it there's no router involved in it to make it look rounded yeah. and uh, the only thing i didn't like about it was it just it really was just too low it, it, it with that inch or inch and a half worth of foam and it was the first first try you know and uh, and that was the reason for doing it and it's another reason why i didn't make two of them I, I yeah, wanted to it's make probably a little light. heavy too, right? Because I mean, I think the key there is keeping it light. If you're going to be using that Velcro, so you know the factory ones with the the summer heat, I haven't had any issues. So if you use good oh, high yeah. strength Velcro, but I think you also have to keep it super super light. Yeah. To keep it so uh, yeah, so I'm I'm going to get thinner stuff. I mean, and the, I, and I thought about this after making the first one. So this it was good. It's good to try it and see. You don't have to uh, keep it uh, the way you did it the first time and few do uh but uh, i still have the cloth cut out uh and it's going to be a little extra cloth because the the piece i'm going to put it on next is is thinner so i don't have to recut the cloth and i have i have enough cloth uh to do a, a second one so if the if this next one works out okay it, it, it'll be great because i'll just do it now um so i've talked about this before and uh, i don't know what the the uh the eventual cost is but i think the the material was like twenty bucks for several yards of material, and oh, the, wow. and the, the the panel, I mean the foam thing that I got was probably it was less than ten bucks, 
and uh, I used staples. I used a staple gun to to uh, attach that to the the uh, the uh, whatever you call that foam rubber insulation stuff. Now I did learn that I need to spray some adhesive. So if you ever had an XJ and had the headliner start drooping oh, on yeah. you, that's what happens on these things too. You got that 3M like spray adhesive stuff that works really well. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So and also too, I think that uh, I, I and I have to do my cuts better on the backside because there was some overlap stuff and that causes uh, you know a spacer uh, action to happen. So I need to right. learn how to. I mean, God, watch a YouTube video to see how you make the cuts properly so they'll lay down. Uh, and uh, the staples don't like to hold into the in the foam, but I still think it's a good idea to staple it. But I'm going to glue everything on the next one, and yeah. uh, and then I'll put. I'll, I'm sure I'll do the the Velcro because Velcro just makes sense. Uh, I use some 3M 80 pound 3M tape, not 3M uh, Gorilla uh, Gorilla tape. That stuff right. is amazing, uh, and it, it eventually came loose. But I think a lot of it had to do with the amount of space that it was. Things were. It wasn't uh, attached in all the points along the piece of tape because it, yeah. stuff was pushing it down. So anyway, I think that uh, the this next version is going to be a lot better, and I'll have a nice place to stick things. And I'll be doing it not because I'm concerned about heat or any rest of that stuff. I'd like it a little darker above my head, like what you were talking about, Bill. And yeah. uh, also too, it would be neat. Uh, just, I think it looks nice. It just looks nice to have. It looks more finished. Uh, on on those on on the top, and also too, I have, and I don't know if I've mentioned to mention this to you uh, before directly. You may have heard about it on the show. I ran across a YouTube video a number of years ago where this gentleman was uh, making a speaker out of a foam, uh, not a foam rubber, but uh, like a styrofoam uh, a piece of styrofoam that was rectangular, and he he stuck this thing. It's called a, an audio exciter. That you yeah, just, I've heard about those. Yeah, yeah. You just put it on the the. In his case, he just put it on uh, this uh, styrofoam, and the styrofoam was you know quarter inch, if if that. And uh, but it, it'll work on thicker stuff. You put the exciter on there. You you don't do anything as far as putting a hole or anything in the styrofoam. The the audio exciter vibrates the styrofoam, causing sound. It, it the, the yeah. just the size Turns it into a speaker basically exactly yeah. a hidden speaker that it's right. like. Where the hell is that sound coming from type thing? So I bought a couple of those things because I wanted to try it out, and, and they work amazing. So my idea, and, and this is an old idea that I had, uh, gosh, probably two, three years ago, just haven't uh, done anything with it, is to make the headliner and then put one of these uh, uh, audio exciters onto the headliner for the on the, the, the driver's side and then uh, uh, hook that up to a communications device like a GMRS radio and now your communications is right over your head. That's a that's a good idea. I was I, I thought you were saying you were going to do it on the passenger side and just put the random cricket sound in there. Every once in a while. <laughs> you could do that too. Yeah, you you have passengers in there. <laughs> and I, and I don't know. Uh, I know you're a technical person, Bill. I don't know uh, how much you've done with Bluetooth or looked at little little Bluetooth things that you can buy. But for next to nothing. You can get a Bluetooth uh, device that acts as a receiver uh, that you can pair to, and uh, now and put a little uh, another little next to nothing cost-wise amplifier uh, attach it to that Bluetooth receiver, hook that up to a speaker, and now you have a Bluetooth-enabled speaker. So you don't even have to run wires from your headliner. You don't have to disconnect anything when you take the the the, the Freedom panel off. You might want to. Uh, uh, not pair to that uh, freedom panel that's in your garage or the back seat. <laughs> You're listening to stuff. Where's that sound coming from? <laughs> so, uh, and then I was thinking, and this gets back kind of to the the four by e concern. I was thinking, you know, I could put a a, a little USB C connector there in in the uh, the headliner uh, and a, a nice flat lithium battery, and then you could just charge up the 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 whole Bluetooth receiver thing. But then I was thinking about this actually might be an honest to goodness hothead if that battery went south. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little battery <laughs> sets your 3M Gorilla Tape contraption on fire, or whatever. So I don't know. But I just say at the end of the day, when you're done with this project, just do, just do yourself a favor and don't add up all the actual costs because you know. Yeah. No, exactly. It'd be more than just if you just bought, and especially don't add in your labor because you're going to find out. Well, that's out the that problem. You're, you're really the labor is. Yeah, the labor is really where the cost <laughs> is because the, as, as far as the cost of the items, 
is not much. And I will say that if you do make your own headliner for your freedom panel or even for the back uh, as well, uh, the, the, your labor is not much. It doesn't it doesn't require a lot of time uh, or effort. Uh, a can of glue uh, and a pair of scissors and uh, really inexpensive cloth. And you can put whatever cloth you want on there. It doesn't have to be a neoprene type thing like I was, that I was looking at. I wanted something that was kind of spongy on mine because it cleans up a lot of stuff. I wanted for it, uh, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah. you know, curvy on its own and spongy on its own. So anyway, that's what I'm thinking about doing. Uh, now, I will have to find, figure out a way to make the GMRS radio uh, Bluetooth enabled. Uh, I don't think that's an impossible thing to do. And then there's the whole thing about, well, what if your battery's the, the, for the the, uh, the the audio exciter's not charged? How do you switch back to the communications, uh, the internal speaker or an external speaker? So it may be more gimmicky than anything else. But uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's, I think it would be a fun thing to do. I've got most of the items I need. Uh, now, uh, I just I think the only thing I'm missing is like a, a Bluetooth uh, amplifier, audio amplifier. And it's not even Bluetooth. It's just a little audio amplifier to uh, put a little more, a little more wattage there to the uh, uh, the exciter. Because you can well imagine that that, that speaker is not going to oh, be yeah. as efficient as a, a, a speaker with a, a cone. But it'd be I, th- I just think it'd be so cool. And, and you, will, you won't be able to make a YouTube video on it because you, you actually have to be able to sit in the seat and, and hear the, the communication stuff and go, Where's where's that sound coming from? Right, right. <laughs> oh, and I thought about this too. Uh, if you guys haven't already thought about it, you could put something like this on a picture hanging in the wall, and when and you could even put motion detection on there. And then if you had a photograph of grandma, you could have it uh, say something to people as as you walked by. So we're gonna have those uh, those animated uh, port- portraits that will interact with you uh, via AI, uh, like they had in Harry Potter soon. So you'll have the, the people in the picture interacting with you and looking at you. <laughs> God help us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, speaking. No, I, I like your idea of, of using that as like a GMRS speaker, right? Because that's a challenge is trying to find out where to put that speaker. Yes. Because when you're on the trails and you got the, the motor going and everything else, sometimes it's it's hard to hear. So having that sound like really close to your ear and, and just having it be invisible. I mean, I think that's 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 ideal, right? Mm-hmm. I guess that would require you to not take the freedom panels off or whatever. So, you know, maybe that's a, a downside if you, you want to wheel with the, with the open top or whatever, but I, I like it. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. And, uh, and, and that's one of the reasons why I thought I'd mention it to see what, uh, what other people thought that people uh, may think it's a dumbass idea. doesn't mean I won't do it. I just, uh, they may think it's a dumbass idea. Oh, uh, speaking of uh, special people. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And you guys talked about stuff you keep in your Jeep. And uh, anytime I work on my Jeep, I leave a tool. I leave that tool in my Jeep. And if I don't have a spare, I just go out and buy another one. Uh, a good example is a 36 millimeter nut for the axle shaft. And another thing I keep in my Jeep is I always keep uh, two uh, MREs. And I, I believe I have vegetarian lasagna in there now which yeah that's that's for in dire case of emergency and i also keep a water purifier in case i'm ever stuck out in the woods i've at least got a day of food and some and an endless supply of water if i could just find a puddle well that's not why i'm calling i'm calling to tell you that i just quit my job at the bank yeah i lost interest oh, that God. one was horrible how about this one straws are for suckers yeah, I'm going to go with that one. Let's go with the straws are for suckers. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. Have a good one. Bye. 6% funnier. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad you're not paying him yet. <laughs> oh, have you heard something? Because I don't, I've never, I haven't, we're not in the kind of contract negotiation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Bill, we talked about the 2024, 2024 Jeep that you have. Uh, do you mind sharing a little information with it? I mean, I know you said you weren't going to do any modifications on it, which, which that quickly changed. Yeah, no. Uh, so, you know, previously I was commuting back and forth to work. I drive probably 70 miles, 60, 70 miles a day commuting to, to and from work. Um, had a Honda Accord, but, and I was driving the 392 on the weekends, but I, I just kind of figured out I'm not like a, you know, sedan car guy on there. And so, you know, I want to be driving a Jeep seven days a week or whatever. So 
Brady and the Honda bought a 2024 two door. Um, didn't want to turn it into just a commuting vehicle on there. I want to want to wheel it right. There's different different scenarios and different types of wheeling in a two door. So um, I mean, kind of doing some things. I think we were joking. I think I, at one point I said, hey, I'm not going to modify. It. I'm just going to buy it stock." But of course, it's it's a Jeep, and you know, we've got the sickness and. You know, but uh, for this build, I wanted to focus on it being a daily driver, right? So, and that's probably what a lot of people are doing, right? They're commuting, using their their Jeep as is their their sole vehicle, and they're trying to build it out so that it's it's capable, not that it's not capable from the factory, but just doing a couple things to address just some of those those areas or you know things that I would be concerned about just wheeling it, taking it out to like Hidden Falls. So I've done a couple things to it, so. You know, lift-wise, just did like a, a basic one and a half inch spacer lift, just to get a little bit more clearance there for the differentials. Uh, moved up to thirty-five inch tires on there. Um, changed out the wheels. Went with a, a nine-inch wide wheel with a little more offset. Uh, uh, offset to, to push those out. Did some rock rails, diff covers. Um, you know, and then steel bumpers front and rear on there you know got rid of the plastic so and really just the basics of, is really what i'm hearing here <laughs> well and then that renegade <laughs> grill i just got rid of that renegade style oh, grill 24s put a regular uh 2023 grill on there so that was not not a problem there wasn't anything special you had to do there you just used a, an earlier uh model grill i did but the, the only thing that was a challenge for me because I couldn't just find a, a pre-painted takeoff because that I have that amble color and 2024 is like the first year they've done that color. So I had to, I reached out to um, Distinction Applied. They do a lot of aftermarket Jeep parts painted, you know, uh, factory match colors. So I reached out to them uh, and had them paint one up for me and they shipped it and it was all ready to go. It was basically just popped out the little plastic rivets and pulled the, the front grill off and popped the new one on it. So it uses all the same, you know, uh, attachment points on the, the Jeep there. So it works both ways. There's, there's people, believe it or not, that like that 2024 grill. And so they're putting the, that newer, newer grill on their older Jeeps on there, but I'm going the other route. So. I think it's like the people that put Rubicon on their hoods. They, they want the less expensive Jeep, but have to get credit for the most more expensive Jeep. Yeah, absolutely. And then last thing was just, uh, I went down to Houston. I've been working with uh, Greg Lilly. I think you mentioned I was working on a project with him mm -hmm. and I uh, wanted to put my, you know, my uh, uh, Air Force graphics on, on the Jeep there. So we went with kind of a, uh, a military two-tone gray thing, uh, similar to like the, uh, a lot of the jets and stuff that I used to work on. And uh, so we kind of got a lighter gray with the, the darker anvil gray and uh, basically applied the graphics, did hood, uh, some stripes down the side and, you know, just kind of made it, made it mine. So at this point it's still, you know, using it for the, the daily driving. I'm, I'm getting 1920 MPG, you know, and I'm able to run just regular unleaded versus the premium that. that I, you and know, and the enjoyment of driving a, a Jeep, especially a 2024 Jeep yeah. uh, is, is so much nicer than driving the Honda around. Although you yeah, didn't have absolutely. a problem with the Honda. Then, it's just a, a feel that you get. And also, too, in Texas, we have weather from time to time, and now you have a vehicle that should be able to get through things that the Honda may have, may have been challenged with. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this last weekend, I uh, went out with John to Hidden Falls, and we took it out, and I took it on some some trails that uh, I normally take the, the, the 392 on, where you need a little bit of that lift, and, uh, you know, had a little bit of scraping, but again, you got the skids in the right place. You know, you know you're protecting those vital components and it did it did great so mm -hmm. and uh definitely a little different wheeling in the the two-door versus the four-door so that's the other fun is you know uh you don't necessarily have that that easy button you know that i have in the other jeep so it's just a different type of wheeling so i'm excited um you know i think maybe may take it out to colorado i don't know it's just going to look at the, the different trips and you know i may rotate back and forth between the, the 392 and the, the two-door depending on what the, the trip is so uh have you had any issue with jealousy between the 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 392 and uh, the new 2024 because if you're working on the the 2024 and you're not doing anything to the 392 the the 392 will things will break or not work properly 
uh, and uh, vice versa. No, I, I, I give it attention. I go up there and I put my hand on the bumper. I'm like, hey, baby, you know, like little. She doesn't mean anything to me. It's just like, it's you're just my favorite. Yeah. yeah, you're still my favorite, you know. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. And uh, EGS, I know there was a discussion about uh, EGS. Which one are you taking to EGS? Uh, Don't know yet. (laughs) Well, I've taken the 392 out to EGS, but I'm thinking maybe the two-door, I'm I'm still on the the fence. I mean, we'll see. Well, very cool. And definitely, uh, you're definitely considered a a Jeeper. I still think you should buy uh, the house across the street so you have a place to keep all your, your Jeep collection. Uh, you could uh, yeah. knock out a wall and just uh, have a show place, like kind of like uh, Jay Leno does. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a couple of houses on the the street that have three car garages. So I've been, I've been like, oh, oh, for sale sign, oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you, you think it's a great idea where you could just uh, carry the stuff from your your old house to your new house, but I think it's probably less work having the uh, the moving uh, va- van and stuff. But yeah, I'll for leave, sure, I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so coming up uh, this week, uh, this Friday, oh, which is actually tomorrow, we have another great interview episode. This week, it's Andy from Glutred, Glutred.com. We recently had a, uh, a guest, uh, not a guest, we recently had somebody uh, mail in talking about getting their tires slashed and uh, that they had tried the, the glue tread, but it didn't work. So we actually, I talked to Andy about that and um, we didn't have a bunch of information there, but Andy had some ideas as to the reason why it, it wouldn't have worked. Uh, all of it uh, went back to uh, not reading instructions, but uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, you figured that was the problem anyway, didn't you? So <clears throat> I actually uh, uh, provided uh, Andy the email and he's going to get in, in touch with the uh, the Jeep Talk Show listener and uh, talk talk to him, uh, if nothing else, is to find out uh, what the cause of the problem was, because there's always something that you may learn uh, from doing stuff like that, from talking to somebody. So in our must-have stuff for your Jeep, uh, the Redline Tuning Hood Quick Lift uh, Plus, compatible with Jeep Wrangler JL 2018 Plus and compatible with the uh, Jeep Gladiator 2020 Plus. It is a bolt-in system, uh, all black, uh, and it is $99.95. Bill, uh, did your Honda, uh, when you lifted the hood, did your Honda hood stay up or did you have to put one of those little pegs in there to hold it up? I think it had a prop rod, if I remember right. I, I think I opened it maybe once. Yeah. So uh, a, a lot of a lot of vehicles do, but I, to me, the only ones that ever held themselves up was a was a a, a car. Uh, maybe yeah, I guess trucks do the same thing. Uh, but uh, the the Jeeps, as far as I know, <clears throat> have never had this. And when I say Jeeps, I mean Wranglers, Gladiators, uh, XJs, uh, Comanches, yada yada yada. Uh, that, that they've never held themselves up. Now, there's been these type of things. There's been this, these type of things out for a while, uh, but uh, I hadn't seen anything for uh, for a, a modern-day Wrangler or Gladiator. Um, I think this is neat. Is this something that you might be interested in for your Jeep or Jeeps? I mean, this isn't like armor light uh, floor, uh, flooring. Uh, this is like something that just holds your hood up. Is this something that you would be mildly interested in no i'm gonna be a man and just grab a prop rod and <laughs> pop it in place the other thing is you know one of the cool things about a jeep is you can fold the hood all the way back to the the windshield to get more you know get a better view on things like you're not doing it with this thing no i'm gonna, I'm gonna as chuck would say i'm gonna be a man i'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> still i can i can quite easily see uh that uh, this could be something that you might be interested in uh, i agree with bill i think that it's uh, it just takes away from the jeepiness of the jeep and uh, uh i think you can fold the hood all the way back but you have to disconnect these uh these hydraulic uh, little uh, bars first and there is two of them so uh yeah. it, it, but if you've ever had a hatchback that used something like this to keep the hatch open you know that as they age, and especially during cold weather, uh, what was above your head is soon uh, at, at head level, and you beat your head against this thing when you're getting out of the back of the hatch. You, you got to figure that the same thing's going to happen with this. So, or when it's cold, right? When it's like you know minus nine, you know Kansas cold or whatever, you're, you're the things aren't going to work. It's just going to come down on your head and just piss you off. You know, I wish Chuck lived closer because it'd be fun to put one of these uh, set of these things on his flat fender. 
<laughs> anyway, you can find this uh, uh, at Amazon.com. Uh, if you go to the show notes for episode uh, 967, uh, you can just click on the link and uh, go right over there and purchase a set of these. Uh, and if you do, I'd like to hear uh, voicemail, email, uh, pictures, uh, the whole nine yards, the, how they work and what you think of them. Uh, and do you still feel like a man? If you're a woman, uh, you can also tell me if you still feel like a man. <laughs> Again, Bill's questioning why he's here. Uh, it's always a little sad when we hit the end of the trail, but there's always another trail ride just down the road. The Jeep Talk Show has four episodes a week, Tuesday through Friday. Subscribe and never miss an episode. And speaking of subscribing, consider keeping the Jeep Talk Show on the air by subscribing to the show via Patreon. The place to go for all the information on how to subscribe and how to contact us is at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Bill, thanks a lot for joining us here as a guest host. And uh, uh, are you coming back? Are you going to do it again? Yeah, absolutely. This was a, a lot of fun, so for sure. All right, Bill, thanks. Broadcasting since 2010.